My name's Rob. My name is Geraldine. Um, welcome to GBF, uh, where we... What's our intro catchphrase? <laughs> We're so good. <laughs> it's, um, we read books, and if they're not gay, then... Um, we'll make them gay. Yes. Um, today we read... Well, we certainly read... I had... This was a read for me. It was a read. Meaning, like, I had to sit down and, and a lot time to read it, because I just didn't want to read it while I was reading it. And it's really upsetting to me. Um, Maybe surprising. Very surprising. And we haven't really spoken much about true feelings, but like I've been reading the book while Geraldine has already read it. So it's sort of like she's watching me go through it. And I'm always thinking to myself, like, what is, what is, what am I about to read? And she already knows. Do you want to say what the book is? Today, we're talking about One Last Stop. By Casey McQuiston, whom I, previous to reading this book, now I still love her. Casey, if you listen to our podcast, like this is only a Casey McQuiston fan podcast. Like, I do love you. However, um, this review is coming out after our last book review, which was of her debut novel, Red, White, and Royal Blue, which was, is the Bible of this podcast. So I think naturally, Geraldine and I went into like reading this book with not just a high expectation, but like I already assumed um, that it was going to be so excellent because now we have a, a book that is still gay because that's what she does. She writes gay rom-coms. And since when do you ever get gay, wholesome rom-coms? She seems to be the queen of it. Um, and I think the bar for me was just so high on this one that maybe that's why I didn't love it as much you as I thought. set yourself up. Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't have significant problems with it regardless. But, um, yeah, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. So I guess you can already guess that this one just didn't hit the way that we thought it was going to hit. No, it didn't. So what is this book about? What is, okay, <laughs> I want to say right now, both of us live in Brooklyn. Oh, no, that's a lie. Only I do. <laughs> but we're I both- frequented Brooklyn often. Yes, but we're both New York City college students. Yes. So we've been through... The coming of age of living in New York. And whether oh, we've not- taken the Q train. Oh, baby. We've train. been on the Q. The Q train has taken me places. <laughs> I, there is a tweet that I saw that was like, the L train is trans. <laughs> the G train is homophobic. Wait. <laughs> um, the 4 or 5 train is straight. And... Um, not the 6, though? <laughs> okay. But the 6 is like the gay... It's like the 4, the 5, and the 6 is like the gay younger sibling. <laughs> because the 6... That's true. Yeah, That's right? true. Yeah, exactly. Um, the AC is just like... She doesn't identify. I feel like she's just like for everyone. The AC is for like tourists, I feel yeah, like. like it's, it's the Museum of Natural History. Uh, Penn it's Station. Col- Columbus Circle. Yeah. The 1, 2, 3 train, it's like... No one no. wants to know them. No, they, they're from Long Island. Yeah, they're the Long Island gay <laughs> circuit that, like, frequents anime, fanfic blogs, and or just, I don't know. It's like that. So what is the Q-Train? That's actually was not in the tweet. So what is the Q-Train? Well, apparently it's the train that houses a butch Asian lesbian. <laughs> Time traveling. Time traveling. Six foot tall. Maybe. I don't know. I envisioned her really tall because they describe her as tall. A butch Asian lesbian from the 1970s who is like, I don't know. Gorgeous. Yeah. like Beautiful. She has such a high moral compass. Like basically a perfect character. And this let's let's get into this. 
The Q train is a train in New York City. For anyone who doesn't live in New York City and doesn't know any of the trains that we just spoke about, it's basically a subway. It's the a subway. pretty reliable line, I would say that. Yeah. Yellow line, Q, queer, cute. It fits on the book cover, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, she mm-hmm. did this for queer. Okay, okay. Um, goes right through Flatbush, which is an area of Brooklyn where all of this story takes place. And it, um, it definitely houses... A lot of queer people, people of color, you know, just like you're going to find some real New York residential living there. Um, And that's who this book follows. It's a young queer woman who's moved up from Louisiana to go to college. She's 23 years old. So as I was saying before, I think Geraldine and I both went into this book like we know this universe. And I think sometimes when you read a book that's so distinctly about a universe that you're from, like Mm -hmm. your daily life, uh, the types of people, drag queens, gay people... Um, artists, right? You, sometimes it's harder for me to fall into the fantasy of something that yeah. uh, maybe I'm so cynical about because it's just my life. And yeah. like, you know, when you're watching a show, just like, now this is totally different, but <laughs> the same issue, like the Gossip Girl reboot, which we can't stop talking about, but not in a good way, but just keep, like, won't stop talking about it. It obviously was written by people that don't get it. Like, I feel like they just don't get it. Like, or... It's more so they're writing it for people who don't get it. Yes, like to appeal to an idea that is a great idea. Maybe it's what people imagine this school of kids is like in New York, but it's like so tired. Like nothing on it really touches on a a, a realm it almost feels like I of don't real know. issues or reality. And it's the show is written by the original writer, so that's yeah. the, that's the number one issue is that you cannot adapt your amazing. 2017, I mean, Gossip Girl has to be... One Why of the, are we talking so much about Gossip Girl? Because I'm relating it. And actually, I know y'all out here watch it, because it's bad. But, but, because if you're going to write Gossip Girl, then it, you can't be the people from 2007. If you're going to write this book from New York, you have to be from New York. And Casey McQuiston is, which is why I'm so confused. Now, I know that I'm cynical and I know that I'm evil, but I also know the reality of like, no, like I know drag queens. I know who they are. We follow them on Instagram. This book also doesn't even really touch on social media enough for me. Like Mm. it's strange how much they doesn't, isn't really much of a factor. I mean, again, this book is about lesbians and maybe I'm just so used to crazy gay guys and everything that how social media is like a main character and everything. But yeah, for a book that's about young people living in New York, I didn't feel seen. I felt annoyed as fuck the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Not angry, but like, who has this much fun? This book in particular sort of does that thing where it feels like we just talked about this with the adaptation episode, Mm -hmm. where it just feels like she put everything in one apartment building. Yes. (laughs) I want to know. How you're about to be bi, you live with a trans queer psychic who's dating like a bisexual sculptor artist who's also then living with a twink tattoo artist across the street from the the accountant part-time drag queen who's dating the twink above a Popeye's with a secret elevator. On the queue line. <laughs> and this girl just shows up to New York we don't know like she fully the book starts and it's um uh this book does a cute little thing that it's kind of cute but kind of not that cute to me where every chapter starts with a little bit of a little illustration or a little bit of a 
something that's not rate. It's not actually the book. It'll be like a blog post or a newspaper clipping. And this time it's a, a clipping of a, a poster or a, a sign for apartment for rents. And it really sets the tone for the book because it leads you on to think that this bitch just showed up to Popeyes and Flatbush saw a sign about an apartment for rent and was like, okay, I'll just live there. But it's like, bitch, where were you sleeping that night? When you got to Flatbush, what was the plan? Like, do you know how hard it is to find roommates? Hello? It's, it's really, really hard. No, Rob has had some... I have had the, the Multiple stories. horrible roommates. Yes. I've been so grateful to live in my own room alone. Yeah, forever. and it's like, why are you even in Popeyes? Like, you need a place to sleep tonight. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Like, you're this girl from New Orleans who showed up and all of a sudden, first chapter, it's just you at the interview for the house, which would make sense if this book was more based in reality and we figured, oh, she's staying in a hotel. Oh, and so she found them online. No, she just ends up living with this annoying, I mean, just like, it's like, I know I'm probably an annoying gay person. Mm, definitely. Definitely are. I mean, I, simply by de facto, like, we have a podcast called Gay Book Friends, so a lot of people are going to find that annoying. However, I do know for a fact that, like, the people in this book, if I knew them in real life, I would hate all of them. I probably would. It's not because they're bad people, but maybe it's just because no one lives the life that they live. Like, this book, One Last Stop, two main characters, August, this girly who shows up, and Jane, the mysterious, gorgeous girl on the train, who, basically, the plot is that she is stuck in time. She's being ripped through time on the queue line, and for at least 250 pages of this book, you are just supposed to believe that this all makes sense. I love fantasy sometimes. I love fantasy love stories. But oh my god, the way none of this made sense. And if the writing is good and you're enjoying it, that's different. But I didn't. Have you ever, like, met a drag queen or gay person who's, like, as just nice, easygoing, and fun as the people on this book in New York? Like, no. <laughs> like, like, this girl works at a pancake shop like, seven days a week, and it's a full-time student, and it's just, like, vibing. I'm like, she, there's no way in reality she would not be on Twitter tweeting every single day about, like, her, um, oh my god, <laughs> what's it called? The, the drug for depression. Like, you know, people, like, make those jokes all the time. Like, she just was too, it was like, she was dark in the ways that were, like, annoying. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the character, but August is our narrator, and I have to say that I think the reason I dislike this book so much is because I just didn't like following this character's point of view. How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, I didn't like her. <laughs> My issue with August is that she reminds me of like an amalgamation of like all the type of like characters that that piss me off in the sense that it's like we get it like you have trust issues and like the way it's written it's like oh i always have my knife on me my trusty knife i got my knife because i can't trust people i gotta shut everyone out and it's like books i have to tell me straight up like i who like i have trust issues i carry a knife with me because i don't like people it's like i can get there through subtext like i want to get to know the character through their actions they don't always have to tell me Oh, you know me. I'm just the self-loathing. I don't trust anyone, girl. I don't, I don't trust anyone. And it becomes their whole personality. Oh, I don't trust anyone because you know, life is hard. It's like, no, like, just be a real person. You don't have to always be stuck on, 
in life, you just can't trust people. It's like, we get it. You're traumatized. But what is your trauma? That your mom is obsessed with a missing person? And that's that's the thing, is that in Red, White, and Royal Blue, which we have to compare it to, there's a lot of subplots going on. We have two people falling in love. It's a super unique story. Go check out our review. And the characters do have layers. They have backstories and parents that are divorced or passed away or friends that intersect with their other friends. And you want to know more because it feels so much more in reality. And the characters, whether or not they may be annoying in some ways, it's just not that type of character that always has to tell everyone what they are. Like, hi, I'm Alex. I, oh, what's her name? August. And I just don't trust anyone because, blah, 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 and I'm new to New York and I'm finding myself. And it's like, I don't care for that type of character. And maybe it's often women characters that have this trope of like this cynical trope that's just so outwardly self-loathing of themselves that it's like it's just it's kind of like a little pick me right yes pick me it's like i don't do pick me's in real life or in books Simply. I can't do it. I want to know someone's trauma in a... I don't... I mean, if it's going to... Tell gonna, me your trauma. Yeah, I mean, tell me, but let's do it, like, for real. Like, let's have, let's have the reader try to figure it out, but in, like, an interesting way. Like, I just could never imagine this story being real in general, and I think that if it was more rooted in the cool things about it, like, hello, a time-traveling lesbian is, like, pretty cool, especially because this book touches on but does not dive deep enough into the fact that this character was in New York during, like, a lot of, like, I'm not gonna, I, historically, I don't know factually what the name of the time period is, but she was, like, a protester at, like, because, like, Stonewall was in 1969, Mm -hmm. so she is growing up in the 70s as an out lesbian in a time in New York when it was still illegal to be gay. So she was the she's part of the community of people that we thank for the gay rights that we have now. But why was her character so chalked up to just be almost like one-dimensional? Like, I for so long did not know what think- was so appealing about that character because other than that, she was hot and just kind of like so outgoing and friendly, but I didn't fall in love with her. If I wanted to love a love story, I want to love both of them. I didn't like the one girl, and I didn't know the other girl. I think all the characters fall flat. They're all very, they just, like, choose their shtick. And throughout the book, it's just you hearing more about their shtick. That's what I'm saying. August is a shtick. She's like, I don't, don't trust people, and I rely on my trusty notebooks and my trusty pencils and my trusty lists. And it's like, oh, it's And even, like, book. when she starts, like... Going off the rails, per se. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but <laughs> Quite literally off and on the rails. Okay, we'll get getting into off it. on the rails? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's the soundbite. That was the soundbite moment right there. Normally, I'm the soundbites, which is not even on purpose, but that's the soundbite. Okay. But, like, when she starts getting, like, obsessed with, like, helping Jane and she like stops going to school and she stops replying to her mom and it's like she doesn't go to work it's like how are you paying rent (laughs) how are you paying rent if you're fully not going to work and you're a full-time student and it's like finals week and you're just not doing any of your responsibilities but even that like I did not feel the stress or the chaos from reading that either like I love a chaotic character I want to see her I want to see her on the ground yes (laughs) (laughs) everything i need is on the ground but like if she was gonna do that and like ruin her life and have no repercussions later yeah there's very little consequences in this book because again it's super idealized and let's state the plot for the confused listeners (laughs) um as we've mentioned 
Jane, our character Jane, who who has now, we don't know why she's here. She doesn't know why she's here. She's on a train in 2020. Again, it's so funny, though, how both of Casey McQuiston's books take place during 2020, where none of these events... I feel like it's almost funny because they're so fantastical that it yeah. almost makes sense that it exists in this year that just didn't exist for people. Yeah, like, hopefully no, nothing would have ever happened the way that this happened. Like, okay, Jane lives on the train, and they're afraid they're going to shut the train down, so her spirit which they're thinking is tethered to this train, will disappear. It's like, well, during COVID, like, what now? Like, when the trains are, like, getting cleaned, like, is there just a girl on the train? And that's... Where's her mask? Yeah, literally, (laughs) it's that girl, do you have a mask? Like, she fully would have lived through a pandemic and also while living on a train, and it just makes no sense. And so, anyway, uh, August meets her on a train. They have a little, what's it called? A meet-cute? Kinda. Yeah. So, and, and listen, I love tropes. We all know I love enemies to lovers. I don't know what trope this is. This is the, I'm the insecure girl, or it could be a girl or a guy, but most often it's a girl because that's how everyone writes. Right? And then this other person swoops in and is like, I am just the self-confident pillar of adventure. I'm going to change your whole life. And then they just desperately fall in love with them. But the catch is that this bitch won't leave the train and no one knows why. And the shocking twist at one point, you know, 100 pages in is like, why are you here? And she's like, I don't know who I am. Like, I fully don't know my last name. I don't know why I'm here. I have all my memories are gone. I just know that every day I wake up or I, I don't know, wake up, but I'm on this train. And now, you know, for another 300 pages or so, we have to try to figure out why she's there. And eventually we do. But I will say that in the time in between... The book wasn't interesting enough for me to no, really want to know. The lead up was way too long and it was too much of August's life that I didn't care about. <laughs> Simply put in this review that has been 20 minutes of us saying why we don't like the book, you need to write good characters. And I just think that like the first- I also think their dynamic doesn't it's like not there is something I mean listen. We are enemies to lovers lovers yeah okay like because it really does set up a dynamic that is interesting this is a first love like love at first sight book Mm -hmm. no like uh, like what is that are we happy though that we have a book about queer women that maybe is just more joyful than it is chaotic because i understand for a lot of people and just in general like that's good to have yeah is it bad that we don't enjoy it no but we don't have to enjoy everything. That's true. I just, I will recognize that it's great that we have a queer woman of color as a main character, which, like, love that. But it's just, I'm mad because... It feels, like, wasted. A little bit wasted. Especially it's- after reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, where she she really balanced it out in a way that, I mean, it was so incredibly camp. But you were also so, like, emotionally attached to everything that was happening. This book, the way I will say how I read this book was detached. Yeah. Throughout it all. I was completely and utterly detached. Every time, like, I don't know, everything felt like a shtick. It was like the pancake house. Who goes to the same pancake house? (laughs) Every day in 2020. Like, in reality, August would be busting ass at a Starbucks. Like, with all the other lesbians who run these Starbucks as, like, the Navy in New York. As they should. They are our first responders in the gay community. Those who run the Starbucks. And there was this weird, Not the pancake house. With the Russian girl who's dating a pansexual drag queen. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. 
oh my god, it's like not everyone is this queer. And that's what's frustrating is like, where are the straight characters? It's actually... Where are the straight characters? I need... The, I'm like, wait, I hate gay people. And that's, they're not all gay. They're queer. Um, it's like... And that's saying a lot because we both like live in a very queer ecosphere. <laughs> ecosystem, you know what I mean? That's a gorgeous way to put it. Where like, when we find a straight person, it's like funny, right? Yeah. But like, the gay people in New York... Maybe we're just not finding them, but, like, they're not this type of gay. I just think it's, like, the straight erasure is insane in this <laughs> book. It's insanity. It's, like, I want the bad. I want the other shoe to drop. I want some base of reality of, like, oh, yeah, living in New York is fucking hard. But it's not because I'm this, you know, girl living in this crazy queer... Queer? What? It's not We're, because you fell in love with someone on the train. And I'm train. working at the pancake shop, and I'm like, you know, my mother, her mother also happens to be, I mean, mentally ill. Oh. And <laughs> of some sort. Inevitable? She. <laughs> <laughs> because um, a huge mystery of this book that Casey did her best to loop all together in a very witty way at the end you know because we all knew it was coming like Mm -hmm. there's a subplot to this book that august's mother has kind of like been a bit of an abusive parent to august because she turned her childhood into a lot lifelong expedition of hunting for her her missing uncle and august mentions it a lot because it's a huge part of her identity and this is the type of book where when you're reading it though literally Casey might as well have put things in bold text. Like, you knew it was coming back. Like, yeah. and then my glowing knife, I looked at it and I'm just like, thank God I have my knife. Or my uncle. Oh, my poor missing uncle. Is he dead? He's from the 70s. We'll never know. I'm like, oh, so Jane knows the uncle. Oh, so the uncle knew Jane because Jane's from the 70s. She's going to reveal a clue. Then they're going to figure it out. And the uncle's going to either be still alive and they're going to find him. It's going to be cute. Or he's going to be dead and they're going to solve it all. That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. It was just so predictable for me. Like, oh, the pancake house. Oh, the special pancake order. Oh, it's going to relate to the girl on the train. Oh, it's going to after the girl on the train. Like, I don't think I'm that smart. I just think the book was too transparent. And I don't want to read gay transparent books. I want to read, like, gay books that are remind me of being gay, which is kind of hard and <laughs> funny and camp. And if you want to read that, you need to read Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um... I also feel kind of mad because maybe they are, do I have maybe I do have some implicit bias because gay men always get more attention than lesbians. It's true. The gay being a gay man in the in this community versus being a gay woman or a queer woman, whatever you want to say, mis- simply because misogyny exists. I want to highlight female love stories. I, of course, I, duh, I I will read any gay book about anyone, but this was not it because, as I said before, one character I couldn't stand, and the other one you just didn't know. And they're sucking each other's, well, I don't know, on the... You're like, oh. Yeah. The the sex almost isn't descriptive enough. Now, I'm down for, like, crazy public sex on, like, a dark train in the middle of the Manhattan Bridge. But you better write the fuck out of it. And it was okay. (laughs) You know what? You know what? Yeah. I think it probably was a highlight of the book. Yeah, it was. And you were Because that was the first time you really felt emotions. Because I think... Mm -hmm. I mean, August... It's a virgin. But she also, like, should be on antidepressants, I feel like, because the emotions aren't there. I agree. See, I'm glad I brought that up. Because, like, (laughs) she, like, honestly, everyone I know in New York is depressed. Sorry, everyone is. And it's 
fine, but like August like fully isn't okay. Um, and it's she's not relatable enough, but she totally could be. Yeah. I feel like I know this she's girl. She's like one step away from being something. There's just one last stop. She oh my god! <laughs> I I almost feel like I mean I talked about this before, but like the love at first sight thing can work, but. Only sure. if it's part of her character. Like, if she was the type of person who, like, fell in love with everybody she saw, every pretty person she saw, well, it would make more sense. That's Jane, right? Is that Jane? Well... But we don't know Jane. Well, Jane has bodies. Like, oh. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> the subtext... I mean, the subplot of the book is just Jane talking about all the girls. She's like, fucked. And that was kind of funny, but not that funny because no, August the, made it weird. The fact that August only, like is attracted to her and so quickly paints Jane as this untouchable, like, perfect human being that has this amazing sex life and so many past ex-girlfriends and, like, is in all of these newspaper clippings and Reddit posts and, like... And obviously we do get a side of her later, much later in the book where she's vulnerable, but, like, it doesn't come soon enough to, like really make you feel for her in any sense i mean the ending is very lackluster i mean it was very explosive quite literally but like no impact whatsoever on me as a reader like i just knew everything that was gonna happen i think i already said it before so maybe i'm repeating myself but august fell in love with jane she also identifies as bisexual so it's like, are you in love with women or are you in love with Jane? And now should that matter to me? No. But I think that even gives into the idea of, I don't believe this love. It's more of an obsession. Jane is this freak thing, not freak in an offensive way, like just the most random. I mean, what are the chances of you falling in love with someone at first sight who happens to be this time traveling gorgeous? I mean, do you know how hard it must have been to be an Asian butch lesbian in 1970s America? And this girl seems to have done great. I mean, yeah, she fought in some rallies and stuff, which, but I just don't believe it. And I want to, but you don't know the character. Jane is a shiny object that August decides she's going to make a project. That's not a love story I want to read. I think she even admits that, like, recovering Jane's memories and finding out what happens to her is like a project to her. Yeah, because her life is a series of projects because her mother makes lists and they make pin boards or whatever they're called and they do research and they're very procedural and that's part of her personality and there's a way to make that vulnerable and lovable if the character is also funny. But instead of spending chapters going into maybe really interesting things like I was praying for some really cool time jump to the 70s, which that wouldn't have fit this book anyway, but I didn't know that when I was only in the first 100 pages. Instead of going into August, really making vulnerable connections with people, there's just hundreds of pages of these dumb parties. And the glitter, and the drag queens, they had a party where everyone there was, everyone's dressed like a different holiday. It feels like it was written for a closeted 13-year-old. You enjoy this like you're in the closet. Like, there's no... I'm sorry. You're in the suburbs. And that's not a good thing. In some little high school, middle middle school, I would say, in America. And... Or you... 
this feels like a very beginner-friendly LGBT book. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? For a book that's supposed to be about adult women having sex, I don't want to read a beginner LGBT book. No. I just don't. I mean, I wrote down in my notes, also while we're still on them going to these annoying-ass perfect crazy gay parties where everyone's just queer and pansexual. No, that's not what New York is like. Everyone here is mean. Everyone does coke. There was no coke in this book either. I don't believe it for a second. I wrote down apple cider margaritas in my notes because they drink that at one point in the book. I want to know where in New York I will ever find someone drinking apple cider margarita ever and how that place would even still be in business and why that's even funny. I also wrote down something that was said. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's transphobic. I think Casey was just trying to do her thing to paint this beautiful portrait of all these different queer personalities. But they're talking about there was women with Adam's apples, women without. And it's like, listen. She does these little nods to things. Like, remember when she was like, she like spoke about AIDS for one second. Yeah. And it felt like, well, if you're going to do it, do it. But this isn't like, it doesn't do it. Or leave it out. Exactly. Like, you don't have to do... Like, trans representation in books is really important. And there's yeah. a trans character in this book who we've spoken about in other books that we've read, like in The Vanishing Half by Brit Bennett, where trans characters are seamlessly introduced. Their identity is not something that is like some sort of hump in the book. It's mm-hmm. just shared. And that's how everything should be with your gender. And I, I love that. But then it's like she tries a little bit. She goes just a little bit too far. It's like who walks around in their brain and thinks these things? August is supposed to be thinking these things. And no one's personal narrative is actually like that. Unless if you're a super duper weirdo who no one likes. And somehow this girl has friends. But the friends are also awful. Like what's her name? Myla? Yeah. Oh my. I can't. The girlfriend. The friends are just. There's at one point. There's a line in this book where I closed it and I didn't read it for the rest of the day. And it's you and Jane. The friend says to August, "You and Jane are just destined to finger blast each other for eternity." I want to know that if anyone ever said that to me, I, I don't know. I would literally never talk to them again. I would like report them. I don't even know. I'd be like, "Don't just don't talk to me. Like grow up." Like it reminds me of how people that weird group of gay kids in middle school would talk, which I was basically in. Yep. But they're adults. I mean, I think some of them are supposed yeah. to be like thirty. Casey, who are your friends? Oh, that's what I no. Like, Casey, come to one of our parties. I would love to talk to Casey because I think she did so many great things with this book. And I'm not saying Casey doesn't have friends. I'm saying, do your friends talk like this? Because that's very interesting. Um, the ending. Can you tell us a bit about the ending, Geraldine? Because I don't really know how to describe what happens <laughs> um, in a book that isn't even science fiction. So well, it is time travel is science fiction. Yeah, but then go there. You explain what happened because I don't know what happened. Well, it's very like summer camp, like save the drive-in movie, <laughs> like here, like you know what I mean. It's like very like hurrah, let's all come together and save the pancake house, and they use that as an excuse. To also shut down the queue line. They have a party at something called... The Metropolitan, like, it's like the It's MTA. like a transit hub. Yeah. They convince New York City <laughs> to have a gay drag palooza extravaganza fundraiser in a train, in a location that also hosts all of these incredibly vital train controls. Where you can go and, like, shut down a train line. They have a party there that more than 2,000 people came to to watch a couple drag queens perform to save a pancake house in 2020 New York City. So let's, that's, that's the plot device. 
During this, they've decided to shut down the queue line so that Jane can test out a theory that she's tethered to the electricity of the rails. Therefore, the rail. when they turn the electricity back on and off, they're going to zap it and they'll zap her out of the timeline back into reality because she's trapped on the train. They don't know which reality, whether she's going back in time or if she could stay. That's the big, like, oh my God. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And. <laughs> but as you can see, it's not really a big, oh my God, because no one cared. Like, that's the one thing about this book I didn't know was, okay, they're going to get her out, right? But how? And it's like a big, huge, it's like the fucking Candyland board. Like, you got to go up, down, all around, just get to this crazy explanation that isn't real. Like, I just don't care. Like, I would have rather Jane just didn't come back. I wanted August. No, I was really hoping that it would be sad. Yeah, I wanted this book to get sad. I don't think, like, I think, oh, wait, I wrote something about this book in my notes at some point. Oh, my God, for... Geraldine wrote notes for a podcast. She record. She wrote something down um, that she thought so she could talk about it later. Oh, Thank God. and it was specifically about this one oh. point that we're making right now. Exactly about like I wanted her to go back to the seventies and for August to be alone. <laughs> I just thought that'd be an interesting narrative, right? Because it's not so much that I'm like into heartbreak or whatever, but I feel like there's value in showing loving someone and then letting them go like recognizing that you've loved someone but also knowing that either they're better off where they were from and letting them go so you can love again because to me it really felt jane was so one-dimensional and august too but jane was like increasingly like more and more i was like who is this woman Mm -hmm. that like she felt like almost like the manic pixie if i don't know if you know exactly what that trope is but it's basically like this insanely like sort of perfect sort of weird like girl who teaches the male male character a lesson in life and then disappears that's what she felt like to me and then she doesn't disappear so it's not that i'm defending the manic pixie trope but it just felt like there was more value narratively to have her leave and for august to finally learn something about herself you know what i mean jane like not- that's how she was set up to be and it just didn't follow through that she would stay the way she was written jane le- not, not coming back or going back to the 70s would have at least threaded the needle through the plot of now august has changed yeah because this you could argue this book follows august's awakening as a woman um, an adult who has sex, someone who's confident in herself, Jane, that's that's the love that they have. It's Jane's the totem pole of confidence and something to give her, and then August takes it, and I couldn't even picture them actually dating because, don't forget, they've only hung out on a train. Yeah. And it seems so obvious to me that because I knew the book was bad, that Jane wasn't gone. But they make you think for a second... That when they when they go to save Jane, Jane does Jane disappears into thin air when they zap the rails. So you think now she's gone, and I was very at peace with that. But I knew there was like thirty pages left, so I was like, the bitch is gonna come back. Um, 
yeah, I agree with everything you said. There would have been so much more value in now August had something from that that she can take with her because this idealized life of her and Jane living together, who, hello, the trauma of thinking that you last, all your memories are from 1970 something and now you're just going to pop up in 2020 and just vibe. She needs therapy. They both need therapy. And I want to know the sequel to this book. Yeah. Like if she was an object... I'm not going to call her an object. But if she was, like, a character... I think Casey did objectify her, though. No, and I think entirely. August objectified her, too. She was in a complete fantasy. Yeah. But, like, um, using her as an object to teach August how to le- how to love made more sense to me. Also, Jane goes on about how there's so much she wants to go back to. Yeah. There's so much value in Jane remembering and learning... Well, now having learned new things, having going back in time and living the life that she was supposed to in her own timeline. Like, and like what changes now that she's in the present tense? Nothing. It just deflates everything because now August still gets to live with her perfect little Like I see what you're saying about like you wish it went farther cuz what if she went back and the things she did changed August's life later on? Because well, she was so entwined with, like, her uncle and stuff like that. And it would have been interesting. So much more interesting. And, I mean, okay, not to bring up Marvel, but oh. the way they do time travel in Marvel is that if you travel in time, a new branch starts. So I'm fine with Jane even going back in time, and it doesn't affect anything in August's present, because Jane's from a different timeline. Timelines are cool. It's so... I mean, Jane has a whole ass family that she abandoned and thinks that she's dead, and now they've decided, or Casey has decided, the author, who I do love, but instead of... Jane going back in time and leaving August now with the lessons and wrapping this book up with the message, Jane's just now in her 20-something-year-old body, but in 2020, and is going to go on a road trip to see her family who thinks that she's dead and show up in her metaphysical, real, her body. Now, now, that's not cool. And we don't know what happens because the book just ends on a happy road trip note. They're going to go on a road trip and find her family. Fuck that. No one wants that. I want them to have There's... real relationship conflict. And they don't even have real... Their only fight in this book is... I think it is a little bit valid because I think it's something that's surrounding Jane is like, you don't get it. Like, my life is hard. And it isn't all about you, August. Maybe I don't want to go into your timeline. Maybe I don't want to come to the present. Or she's fi- also fighting like, maybe you shouldn't have tried so hard to get my memories back because like now life is really hard. <laughs> yeah, because previously Jane was on the train and aloof. She was living day to day but not knowing what was going on. She just knew that she was a woman named Jane on a train. And time was, she was kind of flying through time. You know, now that August and her have pinned, you know, they're like magnets to each other because... I don't know. They, I guess, fate and like August worked at the pancake house, which Whatever. is where Jane. Blah, 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 blah. She now is living in real time, so she's actually sitting alone on the train and knows time is passing. And, and she also has regained her memories. Yes, yeah. and she's really experience. sad. Yeah, thanks to August. Honestly, August is a bitch. I mean, it feels. <laughs> it, what she does is plainly selfish. It feels like emotional slavery. <laughs> yeah. Jane's like, well, you're my only tether to this timeline, so I guess we'll be together forever. That's what it feels like their relationship is to me. They're so indebted to each other that, like, will Jane ever break up with... Like, that would be a slay if, like, there was a sequel and Jane broke up with her because... It would be the most boring sequel, an awful sequel ever, but that is what would happen in it. Because you cannot tell me right now that the love that they had was not simply just magnified by the fact that Jane was regaining her human brain and form. She was was basically gaining life from August. Mm -hmm. So, 
they need each other. And August is so obsessed with Jane that she overlooks the fact that she's basically re-traumatizing her. Like, who said that Jane wants to come to the present? Jane never said that. No, she's very selfish in this book, August. Yeah. And now August, at the end, just gets what she wants by having Jane her kind of object She's like, I have my friends, finally. I'm living my life in Brooklyn. I have this hot girl making me a bed. Yeah. So, how do we feel about a bed building kink? kink? I guess it is kind of a real thing. I remember my friend one time said, I just want a man that will build things for me. It was Max. Oh, right. We should find someone. (laughs) We do. Any (laughs) any builders out there? We have a friend. Um, just DM us on Instagram. Be hot, preferably into dogs. Over five eight with pecs. Please be over five eight because no no no. If you're shorter than that, I don't even want to meet you. No offense though. Um. Okay, sorry. This is an ad for Max. Sorry, Max. (laughs) So anyway, I. I mean, here's the lowdown on this book. Bad, uninspiring, one-dimensional characters that there's no way I can form any sort of attachment to whatsoever. A plot that just takes too long to get where it's supposed to be going. And... Unfunny humor and the worst gay people I've ever had to read about. And that's saying a lot because I literally read a lot of gay books. (laughs) So, from us, it's maybe a two out of five. We don't normally say a rating on the podcast, but... I mean, it feels... I, I just... I ha- I'm holding out hope that her third book, whatever it's about... Pansexual mermaids <laughs> who solve, like, the economy crisis. <laughs> I don't know. It would be, though. And I think that could be good. Me, I feel like she just needs to pick some things out of the hat. I think, now we I did think the gay she was definitely did... like, oh my god... Red, white, and royal blue is my magnum opus. Like, what do I do after this? And she was like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm obviously going to do a lesbian novel. And let's write a book about two lesbians. Not a bisexual woman and a lesbian. I'm not biphobic. But I I want to read a book. We have Evelyn Hugo. We have this one. I Even on, like, TV, like, it's okay for women to only be attracted to women. And that's their relationship. It's also great if one of them is bisexual. But that's literally some of the... It's always that way. It's always that way. I mean, I think about every show that I've watched with slaying queer female couples. Are they ever just both gay? One of them is always stuck to some sort of man. August doesn't have any men in this book, but she emphasizes, I'm bi. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. But I'm like, oh, okay, so you're bi. Okay. (laughs) I'm pan. Yeah. (laughs) You're bi. And I'm Pan. <laughs> Can I say one more thing? Say one more thing. One last thing. One one last stop. One last thing. Yeah. Um, to me, this book, I feel like a lot of people are saying they like it, but it's out of guilt. It feels like straight guilt to me. And that's not who we are in GBF. Because... We are gay book friends, not guilty book friends. Because I... I like Casey. Yes. But I don't like this no, book. No, I fully can like adore and read every single book an author has written and also have valid criticisms about them people straight people the reviewers i have seen blah 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 blah, they read it and they love red ryan royal blue and they're like well i have to like this book because it's about lesbians yes they're like i feel bad if i say i don't like this just admit we feel bad for lesbians 
<laughs> because I do. Yes. I don't think it's but fair. But I also think this isn't the best book. It's not. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, I love this book because it's not good. I feel even worse for lesbians that this is the fucking book they got. Exactly. Because I just, uh So stop lying in your reviews that you love this book. Gay reviewers, I feel like y'all must have the tea. Anyone who's straight and reads this, and again, maybe isn't from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and adores really silly, likable, funny, you know, well, qu- oh, quotations around funny. I'm not calling this book that funny, because it actually has no humor in it. I would love to just knock the piss out of this book. There's so much in it that I want to just, like, it's not funny. But if you're into that sort of stuff, you're probably not even gay, you're probably not even lesbian, or maybe you're a really happy lesbian. And if you are, can you please be our friend? Because I don't want... <laughs> We're surrounded by sad, yeah. depressed lesbians yes. going to grad I mean, school. Look at Evelyn Hugh... <laughs> please. This poor girl. Um, you know who you are. Read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and tell me that this is not about lesbians who have happiness. They have sadness. They have real problems. They're glamorous. It's crazy. It's campy. It happened. You can write books about gay women. Everyone should. There should be gay women everywhere all the time. But... um. If y'all are, if you see a gay woman on the Q train who's an Asian butch tall lesbian, you know, not her. Maybe she's better off the way she is. Do not fucking interact. <laughs> or I guess go online and write a fucking Reddit post about her because that's what I guess everyone does. I, it, <laughs> it's a thing in the book for the, just guys read it, but read Red, White, and Royal Blue first, obviously. Anyway, Casey McQuiston, we'd still love to have you on Yeah, the show. don't listen to this one. Listen to the other <laughs> review. I even, I want to even do more. I mean, when I was reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, like, I didn't, I it took me a while to read it because I didn't want to finish it. Like, I savored going on my trains and reading it because of the way it made me feel. I, that was an epic. Red, White, and Royal Blue is an epic of love. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> queer women. Are in that book. <laughs> and they're fucking slaying. His brain is short-circuiting. Okay, like, Laura Dern is the president of the United States <laughs> in that book. Okay, like... Okay. <laughs> in my movie that I created in my head. You know what? What? I kind of wish August was more horny. Yes! Um, I cannot believe how non-horny the book was. They have sex, like, twice. Also... You'll agree because we just talked about how unnecessary the ending was. At the end, they like fuck, and I'm like, okay. It was so passionless because I didn't want it to happen. Like, I was like, August, you don't deserve this. The book ended. The book, the needle was being threaded, and Casey was like, oh, let me pull that back out. Because Jane shows back up. They think she's dead. They think she went back to the 70s, but instead, she just took three months to like bounce around in the electromagnetic field of time and popped up three months after she disappeared instead. And she knows exactly where she's going. She's not traumatized at all. And then she fucks August. And then they go on a road trip. It's not for me. I mean, I would love to fuck someone and go on a road trip. If anyone's listening, I would love to. (laughs) But it felt wrong. It felt wrong. I hate August. You know what I realized? (laughs) I hate her. She went to fucking Brooklyn College. I fucked this guy from Brooklyn College once. Doesn't even live in New York anymore. He had a small dick. He was kind of boring. Let me on. And I'm just like, why do you even go to Brooklyn College? Grow up. Go to Hunter. Go to Baruch. Please. Oh my God. He's really angry, guys. You fire me up. The studio is oh hot. (laughs) 
Okay. And we got to say goodbye or else he's going to flip the table. I'm, I'm not even... literally going to do that. Stack with my books. Um, getting off on the rails. That was the highlight of this. <laughs> that, getting... This bitch got the fuck. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this little bit of chaos. Long story short, I think this is the most passionate we've been about. We are going to read a good lesbian book, and we're going to tell you about it. We have already read some. We read one, and (laughs) yeah. Do you think this is going to go into any other medium? Maybe CW will try. No, they hate. The media hates lesbians. It's going to be like another thirty years before lesbians are like real. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) poor lesbian i mean l comes first and lgbtq for a reason i we would not be who we are without the i will say i think casey mcquiston was very smart in publishing the gay book first it was definitely like the even the lesbian author knew i cannot sell this lesbian shit without first pandering to the gays and you know what that's misogynistic and (sighs) misogyny nowadays right guys what are we gonna do that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We're going to solve misogyny. Um, we're halfway there. <sighs> one last stop. <laughs> until we get to it. Maybe I'll replace Rob with someone. Oh, yeah. We could do a woman week and then it won't be me. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Um, to all of our listeners. We hope to be coming back at you with some fun things. We are... Um, um, bye, bye, listen bye. to our episode with our teacher because it's really funny. Um, and... Rita, look at our YouTube. Teacher. Oh, oh.